Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. So today we're moving on to part three of Take to Heart series. And um, I've been praying all week that um, you would be taking the word of God and the promises of God to heart. Not to head, to heart. They go through the head, but they need to land in the heart. You know, faith receives the word of God in the heart and then faith flows from the heart. We believe with the heart and then we confess with our mouths. It's not what you say, it's what you believe. Somebody say amen. So I've been praying that you would take the word of God deeply to heart. What are you taking to heart? The Bible says there's a great blessing when we take certain biblical truths to heart. And in particular, it speaks this way about the book of Revelation. So let's go over this one more time. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. I was talking to a brother this week who said, I've been reading my Bible out loud. I want to encourage you to do that, especially when you struggle with distraction, when you're struggling maybe with discouragement, read the Bible out loud. Because when the word of God fills the atmosphere, the devil runs out. How many know when the praises go up, the devil runs away? Hallelujah. It says, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart. Receive it deeply. When you take something to heart, you fully receive it. You fully embrace it. It says, and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. We're one day closer to Jesus coming back for us. Hallelujah. So one more time uh, uh, going over what take to heart means. It means to internalize. To internalize. My, um, my dream for the people of God uh, under our spiritual care is that when people bump into you, may the word of God flow out of you. Okay? It's, we're supposed to internalize the promises of God to live according to something, to be greatly affected and impacted. What is impacting you by something to hold on to as valuable and life-directing? May the Lord help us to take these promises deep into our hearts. And today is part three, and the title of today's message is Take to Heart, He's Taking Over. Everybody say, He's Taking Over. Come on, say it. He's Taking Over. Jesus is Taking Over. The Bible says, Take this to heart, He's Taking Over. And can I tell you something? This message is, I think it's in the providence of God, he wanted this message to land on this Sunday, right before the elections. Because God wants everyone, every child of God needs to take to heart deeply that the outcome of the elections, even though it's of great significance, there's something of greater significance taking place in the heavenly realms. And what's actually taking place is Jesus is taking over. When we look at what happens, when we look at things unfold, we need to have deep inside of our hearts that no matter what happens, we know that he's taking over. So we have to take to heart. This is, 
as we, as we look to this passage of Scripture, this is one of the ways that when you take something to heart, it shapes your perspective and your responses. Okay? It shapes the way you respond to things that happen in your day. So God doesn't want us uh, in, in a deep state of stress over what's going to happen because whatever happens, we know Jesus is taking over. Jesus is on the throne. Kingdoms rise and fall, but Jesus stands forever. Somebody say amen. And I'm going to tell you something. If there's something in your spirit that says, well, I kind of like being into politics. Don't do it. Release it. You know why? Because you got the wrong stuff in your heart. You see? I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying that it's not the most important. Of course it's important. So, hallelujah. So now we're going to be reading. We're jumping all the way to Revelation chapter 11. Now let me just say this before I put up these verses. The book of Revelation is kind of like a map, a topographical map, where it lays down different layers of truth. No one fully understands. Uh, um, we'll, we'll get a full understanding of Revelation. There are certain things that it repeats over and over again in different forms and in different ways, with different imagery. I don't fully understand why the Lord has chosen to do that, but there are certain core themes that God makes abundantly clear he wants us to take to heart. Okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a passage of scripture in principle that talks about the end even though it's in the middle of the book. But don't let that throw you. It's just another cycle of God explaining what he's going to do at a certain point. So Revelation chapter 11, <clears throat> beginning with verse uh, 15 says this. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. There were seven trumpets in this kind of description of what God is going to do prophetically. And there were loud voices shouting in heaven, the world has now, everyone say now. now. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. This is our key verse. Okay, the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The Bible says, in heaven, the 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshiped him. And they said, we give thanks to you, Lord God, the Almighty, the one who is and who, uh, and who always was, for now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. Jesus will take over. Jesus is taking over. Okay, it says, the nations were filled with wrath, but now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets. Listen, with great, you know, the word solemn, the word solemn means to listen as if this is very serious. Okay, this is very serious. 
This is very important. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophet, as well as your holy people. Everybody say, that's me. You know, he's coming back, and when he comes back, he's going to bring his reward. No matter what we go through in this hour, no matter what happens in these seasons, he's coming back, and his reward is with him. Now will come. Now will take place. It says, and all who, f- who fear your name, from the least to the greatest, it is time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. The time will come when Jesus will take over. Now, one translation says, now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. You see, Jesus will ultimately take over. Now, when you hear this passage of Scripture, the kingdoms of this world, to really uh, um, drill down what this actually means, I want to guide you over to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 says this. Remember when Jesus was tempted while Jesus was on the earth? In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted, he was tempted in three different ways. Here's one of the ways that he was tempted that relates specifically to this passage of Scripture. It says, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of this world, of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. This is the devil speaking. Because right now, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. The next time you hear someone blaming God for the madness, I'm telling you right now, it's not God, it's the devil. Because he's the prince of the power of the air. He's the source of division. He's the source of injustice. He's the source of racism. He's the source of hatred. He's the source of drug addiction. He's the source of all of the ugly things that we see. He's the source of violence and shooting. It's Satan. But Jesus is taking over. Hallelujah. And it will come to pass. And Jesus said to him... Jesus said to, and he says, if you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We serve him only. Jesus is taking over. And I want to just pray for a moment. If you're online Okay, I want to ask God to do something in your heart today. I want to ask God to do something in all of our hearts. Because God can make us steady. He can help us to stand firm. He can make us unshakable in times of shaking. He can, he can cause our hearts to be at, re, uh, at peace. Our blood pressure to stay low. Regardless of what's going on. Because we know deep down in our hearts, we know that Jesus is taking over. So lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word guides us no matter what's happening. And today we take to heart that you're taking over. Today we take to heart that you're in charge. 
Today, we take to heart that we can remain, Lord, firm, steady, unmoved, O God, by the happenings and the circumstances of this world. We belong to you. We are citizens of heaven, O God. So bless your people. God, I pray that you would make us light in these times, O God, of stress and fear and division and madness. Help us to be a light through our steadiness, through our faith in you, through our calm, O God. Help us to assume our responsibility to testify to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So bless this word to every heart and every mind. Let our homes be shaped. Oh God, I pray that our homes, Lord, would be just like the homes in the, in the Old Testament when the blood was over the doorpost. Hallelujah. They knew as long as they were under that blood, they were safe, oh God. We are safe under the blood of Jesus. So bless this word now by your mighty power. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so this is a very, very important thing for us to understand as we, as we take in what's happening in this world. We, have, we should have something deeper in our hearts already. And it should be that, he's, that Jesus is taking over. And let me give you a, an example of what I'm talking about. So take your, famous, your, your favorite um, drama, your, fa your favorite movie, like one of those kind of cliffhanger movies that you watch more than once. Some of us have these movies that we watch or books, I've, of books that I've read, and um, the first time you watch one of these intense movies, there come certain points where you're, at this, you're, you're sitting like, you're like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? You're biting your nails, you're grabbing people, you're shouting, people telling you, be quiet, and all this stuff because you don't know what's going to happen. But you like the movie so much that you watch it again. The second time you watch it, you watch it differently. You see, the second time you watch it, you already know the outcome. You already know the way the cliffhanger resolves. You already know the way your favorite character is rescued. Well, brothers and sisters, as we watch the unfolding of the drama of history, we already know the outcome. The outcome is that Jesus is taking over. Hallelujah. We look at this differently. We don't look at it the way the world looks at it because we know that he's taking over. It might look crazy right now. It might look hopeless right now, but we're gonna stand still and watch the mighty, powerful Jesus Christ step in and take over and bring peace and harmony and wholeness. Hallelujah. You already know the finish. You already know. So one of the things I want to encourage you to do is start every day with the good news instead of the bad news. Start every day with the promises of God. You know, Harvard Business Review said, uh, um, said this years ago, individuals who watch just three minutes of negative news in the morning 
had a whopping 27% greater likelihood of reporting their day as unhappy six to eight hours later. You see, some people, they have this impulse. If you're addicted to the news, if you're addicted to picking up your phone and reading things and all that, break that in the name of Jesus. Good news first. How many would say amen? That's real practical advice. Okay, take in the word of God. Start your day with the word of God. Start your day with the good news so that you could take to heart the fact that Jesus is in charge and that Jesus is taking over. This is very, very important. It shapes the way we live. Listen, whatever you take into your heart, that's what comes out of you. You see? And so, as the children of God, we take to heart that he's taken over. Now, this passage calls for some explanation, and I think that it's important for us to have the biblical understanding, the biblical perspective, so that we can really believe that he's taking to heart. So the Bible says, says now, this message revolves around the fact now, not all, you might read in your, in your translation, uh, um, there are different translations. Some of them don't say the word now, but all of them employ now. What they mean is there's a seventh trumpet, trumpet one, trumpet two, trumpet three. But then after the sixth trumpet, there's a now. Okay? And when you read that word now, it means two very important things for all of us to understand. First of all, now means that he patiently waits. Because you're going to say, Lord, why six trumpets? Why did you wait till the seventh, trump, tr seventh trumpet? Why did you let all of those things happen? Here's why. The Bible says this in 2 Peter, uh, Peter chapter 3. says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Everybody say, he's not slow. Instead, he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Hallelujah. Part of what you have to understand is there is a prophetic pattern in Scripture, and I want to lay it out to you very quickly here. So the prophetic pattern in Scripture is, is as follows. First of all, there are prophetic warnings. You see this in history where God sends warnings to people, to the world, because he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Prophetic warnings go out. And then after the warnings, there's patient waiting. There's waiting for people to see how people respond to the pleas of the Spirit, to the testimonies of people, to people saying, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, Jesus, look, you might be watching today. Jesus loves you. No matter how you're living, he loves you, but you need to repent. The day is coming. You're going to stand before God to receive the free salvation. You see, there's a patient waiting, and then sooner or later there will be powerful acts of judgment or salvation. What do I mean by that? Okay. From Adam to Noah, at a certain point, the people became so corrupt and God 
sent prophets. If you look at the life of Noah, Noah was a prophet. And he was telling the people to repent, but they would not repent. And then sooner or later, what happens? The after uh, patiently waiting, then came the flood. What did we see? A powerful act of judgment and a powerful act of salvation. You see, why is that there? It's so that you could understand that a time, a now will come. God waits after Noah. Then it went based, I'm just, I'm just bracketing a little bit. Let's take from Abraham to Moses. So, so time unfolds and, 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 uh, and kingdoms come and kingdoms fall. But sooner or later, the children of God are in Egypt and they're slaves for 400, for 400 years. And God says, Moses, as a prophet to Pharaoh, and says, let my people go. And he says, let my people go. And he says, let my people go. And soon, because Pharaoh hardened his heart, the time came, brothers and sisters, where God acted powerfully. And some were judged and some were saved. Hallelujah, we're on the side of salvation. Aren't you thankful today? I can take this further and prove it to you from other places, and the same thing is happening now. So the next time you scratch your head and say, Lord, why is it that all of this is happening? Here's why. He's waiting for people to repent. Listen, he's waiting for you and I to tell someone about Jesus that needs to hear about Jesus. Instead of worrying about the outcome of the election and the outcome of this and the outcome of that, we need to worry about the outcome of people's souls. Everybody needs to know that Jesus saves and that Jesus is Lord. Could somebody say amen? If you're in school, tell people. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them that Jesus dies for them. It's worth it. Listen, even if they make fun of you, they might make fun of you, but they'll still go and think about it. The Holy Spirit will still follow them and say, listen, 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 because I love you. If you get made fun of now and you get to heaven later and you see that person who mocked you, won't it be worth it? Won't it be wonderful? Everybody needs to hear. See, so we have to be on a different focus. We have to be in a different mindset while all of this stuff is happening. We're the children of God. We're citizens of heaven. We got to be thinking about this stuff differently. We have to view it with the eyes of God, with the heart of God. He will set everyone before his throne. Look at what it says in the book of Acts. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. Jesus will judge everyone someday. And that's supposed to be good news. Because Jesus wants to reward us. Jesus paid the price for us. Salvation is free. Hallelujah. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. How many are thankful there is forgiveness of sin? No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, there is forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. 
What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And the blood is free. If you want to know if God wants to be near you or far from you, I'm telling you right now, online, in this room, he wants to be near you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves us with an everlasting love. We would criticize God at the end of time if he did not judge the living and the dead. We would say that this world and this life is not fair and that he was unfair. But we know he is fair. He's patiently waiting. He's waiting for people to make their choices, both great and small, right? Think about, think about some humble little woman today, little grandma, right, who makes a, 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 a you know, oatmeal for the grandkids and that special chicken dinner that they love. But she's a woman of prayer. She's a woman of God. And nobody knows her. She doesn't have, she doesn't even have Instagram. You know? She didn't even know. My, you know, my mom is in her 80s. And she, she struggles with the phone. So what if she struggles with the phone? You see, God sees things differently. That woman who serves God faithfully, she will be rewarded on that day. Come on, let's praise God for that day right now. Take to heart, no matter what you see, he's patient. The next time you see injustice, the next time you see something crazy, the next time you see something fair, take to heart. Jesus is waiting He's waiting for people who are pure racists to repent so that he could forgive them. He's waiting for, for corrupt leaders to repent so that he could forgive them. Wouldn't that be the best? Wouldn't it be wonderful for heaven to be filled with people that we're just shocked when we see them there? That should be the cry of our heart as the children of God. God wants us to take this heart so that we will look differently and see differently and think differently and feel differently. That TV, that news, that flat screen won't make our hearts flat. Our hearts will be overflowing with faith and joy and worship because we know, hallelujah, Jesus has taken over. So now... Now means that he's just waiting. Here's the other thing that now means. Now implies a past, but then now implies a present. Now means now. So now means that he acts in power. He will act in power. We need to understand that sooner or later, as history unfolds, Sooner or later, the sixth trumpet blows, and then it's time for the seventh trumpet. And then it's now. We talked last week about his feet of bronze. Okay? Feet ready to step and judge. His feet are ready. The time is near. 
the time is oh so near. Live with faith. Put your faith in the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. He will step. And when he steps, he's going to bring judgment or reward. So look, I was thinking about this. You know, we look at famous people, we think so much of them. Let's take, uh, uh, let's take Jay-Z, the rapper. You know, Jay-Z uh, went to high school about five or six blocks from me. Went to Tech, he went to Westinghouse. Jay-Z went, lived in Marcy Projects, which were not far from my home. Jay-Z's a billionaire today, I, I believe. He owns, he owns the Nets. And um, uh, um, Jay-Z, kind of, the, there's a story about the way his career broke through um, when he was real young, he wanted to use uh, um, one of the songs out of the musical Annie, It's a Hard Knock Life. So he writes a letter to whoever owns the rights, and he tells them this whole story about how because of the musical Annie, his life was transformed and it got him into the arts and just like a magnificent story. The guy was so moved, he gave him the rights to the song and so he did this rap song that had It's a Hard Knock Life in it, I remember it. Uh, and, uh, and it was kind of one of those breakthrough songs. They interviewed him years later and they say, man, what an amazing story, was that really true? He said, no, that wasn't true. I just needed the rights to the song. He's gone on to be this big mogul. I heard an interview of Jay-Z uh, um, once, and he was talking, and here's what I felt when I heard him. I felt like Jay-Z really loves his children. I felt like Jay-Z really wants to be uh, um, a good father. Regardless of how he's made his money, regardless of, of the things that he've, he's done, right or wrong, that's for the judge. I felt like here's a sincere guy. You know, we demonize... We demonize famous people, but here are the facts. And if Jay-Z, if I could talk to Jay-Z, I will say, Jay-Z, would you please give your life to Christ? Would you give your life to Jesus? Jay-Z, don't you know that he loves you? Don't you know that he died for you and your children and for your wife? And he wants to bless you more than with just money, more than the pleasures of this world. And yes, if you give your life to Jesus, you're going to turn away from certain things. You're going to give up certain things, but so what? It'll be worth it all when you're with Jesus forever and ever. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter is, is Jay-Z will stand before the throne of God. One day, he will stand. The feet of bronze will step. Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, guess what? One day, he's going to stand before the throne of God. Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook. One day, Mark Zuckerberg will stand before the throne of God. Elon Musk, Tesla. One day, he will stand before the throne of God. Bill Gates, one day, will stand before the throne of God. Let's take our last two presidents, right? President Barack Obama. One day, will stand before the throne of God. 
Donald Trump one day will stand before the throne of God. Everyone. Spiritual authorities. Look, Al Toledo one day. My wife and I, we will stand before the throne of God. My, my uh, pastor, my, one of my great spiritual he heroes, Jim Simbla, one day he will stand before the throne of God. There was just this big scandal at Liberty University. Jerry Falwell Jr., who said, one, I heard he said one day, I would have shot those Muslims. One day. I'm not coming at him. I'm just telling you what we say, what we do. One day, he'll stand before the throne of God. Stephen Furtick, one day, will stand before the throne of God. T.D. Jakes, one day, will stand before the throne of God. Brian Houston, one day, will stand before the throne of God. Everyone, one day, will stand before the throne of God. Why do I say this? Doesn't it shrink? Doesn't it shrink us? Doesn't it shrink the, the high and the mighty? One day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you right now, don't let your heart be moved. Don't let your heart be shaken by the times. Jesus is taking over. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Hallelujah, he's taking over. We know right now Jesus is taking over. So we don't have to be shaken. We can stand firm. We can be steady. You see, this is why we don't have to give in to the rhetoric of our time, please. Whoever comes out in the elections, please don't get into, that's not my president. Don't be a sore loser. Please. It is what it is. He's not the King of kings or the Lord of lords. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is Jesus. Come on, put your hands together. Yes, Lord, we praise you, oh God. All of them. Can I just throw a few more in? Sean Hannity, Chris Matthews, Chris Cooper, Don Lemon. One day they'll stand before the throne. If there is fake news, whoever puts out the fake news, one day they'll stand before the throne. So look, let me give you a powerful verse. Because how do we just be steady? Be, stay worshipful. Keep your eyes above. Set your minds on things above, the scriptures say. Set your hearts on things above, the scripture says. Listen to what it says in, in uh, Isaiah. This is so powerful. We're almost done here. This is what the Lord says to me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. Listen to this. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Don't fear what they fear and don't dread it. Stop worrying about the conspiracies. 
It says the Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. We fix our eyes upon Jesus. Somebody say amen for the word of God. Am I saying there's no conspiracy? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not siding with anyone. You guys know me better than that. What I'm saying is there's a way to look at this. He is the Prince of Peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. If the peace of Christ could rule in the hearts of the Chinese church, which are oppressed and imprisoned and beaten, and some are even, are even killed for the sake of the gospel, come on, we can stand strong in America, hallelujah, as the children of the Most High God. Because we know that Jesus is taking over. Let me give you one more quick verse and then I'm going to close. Revelation 17, 14 says this. Together they will go to war against the Lamb. But the Lamb will defeat them because he is the Lord of all lords. And the King of all kings. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. How many want to be with him on that day? Hallelujah, Jesus. What a perfect song to sing. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Go memorize that and sing it all week. Look, sing it. If you stay up to watch, I don't think we're going to even know on Tuesday night. But if you do, just keep playing. Put that on repeat. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Amen. I need to pause here. I need to speak to someone online. I need to speak to someone in this room. Where's your heart today? How do you stand in relationship to the greatest love in all of the universe? How do you stand with the one who wants to be so close to you that he wants to live inside of you by his spirit? How do you stand in relationship to the one who gave his life and was beaten and brutalized? They, they mocked him. They spit on him. They cursed him. With one fell swoop, he could have destroyed all of them. But he wanted to be fair. He said, I will pay the price. For the sins of those who love me, who, who those, of, of those that I love, I will pay the price. Understand this. Every time you see the cross of Jesus, the symbol of that cross, it means two things. It means that God's love and God's justice was satisfied. When God forgives a wicked human being, he's not unfair. You know why? Because his son paid the price for it. When God forgives you or me, he paid the price for it. And he paid the price for it because his love for us is everlasting. If there's anyone in this room right now, just close your eyes for a moment. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Anyone listening, just think about this. Think about this moment. This moment that you find yourselves watching, uh, looking on a screen. God sent someone to tell you that he loves you. He, he sent someone to tell you that salvation is free. He sent someone to tell you that heaven is going to be wonderful and glorious. And all you have to do is receive it and ask him, ask Jesus into your heart. And when you ask him in, he cleanses you, he, he frees you from the guilt and the shame. Right now, as I'm talking, beginning in this room, 
If there's anyone here, you just find yourself in this room today and you want to start a relationship in the privacy of this moment. We need not be ashamed, but I do this because I feel like salvation is such a personal, private thing. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ. Is there anyone in the room right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Online. Thank you. Online, if there's anyone you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in a moment I want to lead you in a prayer. All you have to do is pray. All you have to ask. All you have to do is ask, Jesus, save my soul. And he will save you. He will be with you. He'll be the friend that sticks closer than a brother. You will become one of the chosen, one of the, one of the called, one of the faithful. So everyone just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. Because we've been reminded of your great love. Your love is an everlasting love. Your love was so great that you went to the cross on behalf of our sins. You were punished so that we could be set free. And so today, Lord, we open up our hearts to you. And we ask that you would forgive us for all of our sin. We ask that you would come in and sit on the throne of our hearts, oh God. Personalize it. Say, Lord, sit on the throne of my heart. Be my Lord and my master. My savior and my friend. Forever and ever. I thank you that I'm going to be with you. Thank you for receiving me, even as I receive you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah.